a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Well, if you missed the program yesterday, we had Democratic Socialist Ben Burgess on air. Yes, that's right. We had uh, Ben Burgess, Democratic Socialist, on the air with us for two segments of the show. And we had a lot of comments. Uh, A lot of people were very intrigued, very interested in that interview. A lot of positive comments. And there were a lot of folks who said, wait, 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 wait. Why didn't you call him out on this? Or why didn't you challenge him on that? What were you thinking, elevating this guy, giving him credibility? Well, I want to tell you what I was thinking. And I want to get to the value of why we all should just get better at listening to people that we disagree with. Uh, This might be helpful to you as you prepare for your Thanksgiving dinner. So, again, Ben Burgess, uh, he is full-on democratic socialist. Uh, He and I disagree on a host of things uh, when it comes to policy uh, and how to uh, best get things done in the country, and that's okay. And as we had this conversation uh, I asked Ben about, uh, he, he goes around, he'll, he'll talk to anybody and he'll debate conservatives. He'll debate libertarians. He'll, he'll debate anybody from any point on the compass. And I asked him one, why do you do that? And what's the value of having those conversations? A lot of the sort of impetus towards, you know, redirecting energy around, social justice in the real sense of that term, not the sort of degraded internet sense, like having a more just set of social institutions. A lot of that energy being redirected towards like canceling individuals uh, is is about this kind of obsession with individual moral character in ways that that I think are incredibly unhelpful because you don't, if your project is to figure out who's going to heaven, you know, then sure, I guess all this makes sense, right? If, if your project is to, is to convince as many people as possible of your ideas so, uh, so that you can win some political battles, then it, it makes no sense. It's actually, incredibly, uh, it's actually incredibly counterproductive. What does make sense is, is talking to as many people as at all possible. And I, so I think this is one of the most important reasons to, to do these, these debates, because it's really in the normal course of things, the only chance you ever get to talk to somebody else's audience. So think about that. He he often engages in this, and he takes a lot of heat for it uh, from the progressive left, uh, saying, "You know, Ben, why do you do that? You're you're talking to the enemy, or you're you're giving them credibility. You're making them as if they're on par with your thinking and your democratic socialist philosophy." And uh, and Ben says, "No, that's that's not. It's actually an opportunity to talk to people uh, who aren't just in my echo chamber." And think about that. If your goal is actually to influence people, if you're just preaching to the choir all the time, uh, that may feel good. That may get you lots of likes from your core group, your base. But it doesn't give you any more influence. And it certainly doesn't open up a different kind of conversation or dialogue. Uh, I always uh, applauded uh, then-Representative Mia Love for being the first Republican to join the Congressional Black Caucus. 
they'd never had a Republican before in the Congressional Black Caucus. And she went in and she said, I'm in. And it created great opportunity for real conversations and dialogue. Uh, And so part of what we have to recognize is sometimes you have to be willing to go into places where you may not be welcome. But that's where you can have influence. And so I really appreciated that from Ben saying, hey, no, I have these conversations because, one, I get to speak to different people. And he, he talked about the fact that doing that actually kept him honest so that he wasn't just doing uh, talking points and not just doing things that he knew would get him likes or get you know people to, to donate to his causes. He says it, it keeps him honest. And he said it also kept him sharp. Those are important things. Uh, it's so easy to get so sloppy in your arguments if you're just talking to yourself all day or if you're just talking to people who think exactly like you. Or if you're one of those who's all for everybody having an opinion as long as the opinion matches yours. Or that you want the media to be fair as long as they are saying what you think is fair. So I appreciated Ben Burgess coming on and talking about that, saying, hey, look, we got to look at this a little bit different. We can reach a different audience. Uh, again, nobody, nobody gets courage points for yelling at your enemy. Uh, courage points come when you have to talk to your friends and say, yeah, it's not quite the way it is. Or maybe we should think of a better argument <laughs> or try to persuade in just a little bit different way. Uh, we also got into a really fascinating conversation uh, with Ben Burgess uh, on, on uh, calls to cancel people uh, and how just this cancel culture uh, can uh, really get in the way of actually accomplishing things that actually do matter. Sometimes when you can't do the thing that you really want to do, right, you end up just doing whatever is in your power to do, you know? And so I think that changing the way policing works is incredibly difficult. It's a really hard political lift, even if you figure it out exactly what reforms you even want, right? But symbolism, getting street signs changed, getting people fired, all this stuff is incredibly easy, right? You know, like like there's there's no, (laughs) no problem at all doing that, right? So all of the energy that was originally about the first thing, so much of it got redirected into the second thing that, you know, that, well, if, if you if you can't do much to, you know, to change uh, the sort of balance of power, you know, between police yeah. and, you know, communities, at least you can get that statue removed. So there Ben's talking about uh, kind of this, what we often refer to as motion versus forward movement. And in a cancel culture, sometimes you're just you just want to show activity uh, or that you're outraged. Uh, And so we often do that at the expense of having the far more important conversation of, well, what can we do and what should we do? And what is the the first thing? Uh, The biggest problem, I think, in many of our political discussions is very rapidly the first thing becomes the fourth or fifth thing. (laughs) The, The most important thing gets pushed way down the line and suddenly it becomes about scoring points, political points uh, or social media likes or raising campaign cash. And so we get into all the performative kinds of behavior uh, that we hate to see from our members of Congress or our our elected officials at any level of government or our business leaders or community leaders. And so you have to be willing to do it just a little bit different. And part of that takes listening. One of the things that I uh, got messages on yesterday was, why didn't you interrupt him? Why didn't you counterpoint, you know, all these different things. How could you let him say this and not challenge him immediately? 
And guess what? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And it's okay. Guess what? When you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table next week, you can point and counterpoint anything. And my advice would be don't. The the greatest power in the world is the power of restraint, especially in our conversations. And so often we point and counterpoint one another that we escalate arguments that don't even exist. Uh, We end up arguing about things we actually agree on because nobody's listening. Because I'm so worried about making my next point or countering what you said about something, you know, four minutes ago. And now it's my turn, so I'm going to let you have it with both barrels. Uh, that That's not helping the cause. That's not helping the conversation at all. And so you have to be willing to, to step back just a little bit. Don't to have that instant certainty. Uh, be open to the idea that someone might have a great idea that's not your idea. <laughs> imagine that. And, of course, you might have to imagine... The, the real big leap for all of us, the idea that what you thought was true may not be, that you might be wrong. It happens. It actually happens. Uh, but we have to be willing to, to get past the instant certainty, the point and counterpoint. Just listen. Ask a question. Uh, it'll change the conversation. And then listen. Really listen. Uh, it changes everything. Well, could the problems of today really be solved by dialogue? How do you get that? How do we get past this problem, this death of dialogue we've been experiencing? Stay with us. After the top of the hour news, Utah State University professor Scott Hammond, who we love, is going to be here for a fascinating discussion about dialogue. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.